How is it November? Is it? Yeah. Not only is it, it's over a week into November. I just exist. I don't really, I don't really feel time anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to a coworker about that today in regards to just COVID and the general cloud that has kind of existed since that has existed. And we were saying how it'll be two years in February. Oh my God. But then you're kind of working with, at least I am working in education, you're kind of working with three time frames because you have the actual time that it has existed. Mm -hmm. Then you have kind of your calendar years and we're kind of conditioned to go January to December. And mm -hmm. then in education, you have semesters or quarters or things like that. So you don't really know how long it's been because it really feels like it's been forever. <laughs> And yeah, it's just kind of like one long month now, I feel like. Yeah. Welcome yeah. in, everyone. Thank you for uh, joining us. <laughs> On that note. On that note. Uh, we also uh, have the soup du jour, which is the seasonal affective disorder with the changing of the <sighs> savings. It's 7.23. Why did, you, why did you have to even bring it up? I mentioned it today in my therapy session. I was like, oh, God. Like, I'm just waiting for it. I'm just waiting for it to sink in because, yeah. Yeah, it's it's 7. It's 7.30, and it feels like it's 11. Yeah. I feel like the order you get, it's just with anything, right? The accumulation of any one experience over and over, it makes it um, less exciting or more challenging or whatever it is. And I feel like, God, now it gets to being like August and we still have months before and I'm already thinking, oh God, in a couple of months, it's going to be dark at 5.30. <laughs> and now oh, at the time of this recording, it's, it's currently 7.24 and you're right. It feels like it's midnight. Like I'm exhausted. Uh -huh. I just want to sleep. <laughs> and we still have a month and a half before the shortest day. So before we start going in the other direction, yeah. <laughs> um, so props to you if you're still listening because this is just a little rant session here <laughs> but other yeah, than refer, all of that to the old episode for for all of the sad for all yeah. the sad yeah for sure but other than that how are things going for you um good um Got a, got a shower before we hopped on here. And I, as I mentioned, being freshly showered is probably the best feeling in the whole world. So I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, I agree with mm -hmm. that. That mm -hmm. is something to celebrate right there. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Good. Uh, I am uh, almost on the other side of the busiest season of work. And to kind of put it in perspective, I meet with students, help them figure out what their schedule is. And you have to be 100% accurate. I'm basically like a kicker in football where you're just expected to be 100% and anything short of that is terrible. And so a student will ask just one seemingly, you know, casual question, but then it has all of these spider webbing effects where if I give one little nugget of misinformation in a first year, then by year four, I can completely throw off their entire plan. 
And with that being said, in the past four weeks, I had 194 meetings and I sent 510 emails. I kept track of it this year. So God, no pressure, right? Yeah. Um, so I am slowly regaining consciousness and sanity, <laughs> but it's good to be mostly on the other side of that because we still have a few stragglers, but there's an end in sight. So good. good. I'm doing well. Good. That's good. That's good. Well, <clears throat> I came to you not expecting you to want to record today. Uh, since Josh has been going through all this crazy stuff, he was like, dude, I don't think I can do it. And I was like, totally, totally. Okay. Like, that's fine. Um, but I do listen to a podcast myself every day. I'm cheating on this podcast. Um, <laughs> it's called today explained and it's by Vox and they have a whole network of podcasts and, um, today explained is like everything. They, they do all kinds of topics, world topics, politics and not like health stuff, anything you could think of, whatever's going on in the world today. And I heard an episode from another Vox podcast uh, called Vox Conversations. Um, and it was titled How to Forgive. And oh my God, I was listening to it and I was just like, this is just like every little nugget was just like a giant nugget of wisdom. And I was like, just writing like notes down. And I was like, this is such an interesting topic to like, to think about on so many different levels. And, um, I kind of brought it to Josh and I was like, I listened to this podcast and I swear you need to listen to it. Or like, maybe we should talk about it on the podcast. Um, and so here we are today. Um, we're going to so chat about this is kind of like, yeah, this is kind of like a emergency pod because we you just had to get this out there after you listened to it. You were like, I could have waited. This is so amazing. I can now <laughs> talk about this. And then I was like, okay, watch, I'll listen to it. You're like, actually, I don't think you should listen to it. <laughs> well, and the reason was is like, I was like, oh, you know, you want to share it because you want to be like, yeah, this meant like this really hit with me. And like, I think it'll hit with you too. But then I was like, but no, but we have to talk about it. Yeah. Because I want to like get your, and the longer we go, honestly, the more notes I'll take. I mean, and we just, we just won't go anywhere. I'll just have a book full of notes and we won't know what to talk about. <laughs> so, so again, um, <clears throat> this conversation was between, I don't know if I'm saying his name right. Sean Illing, Illing, Illing from Vox and a writer for the Atlantic named Elizabeth Brunig. And um, she specifically, I think, focused on the topic of capital punishment, mm -hmm. um, meaning like the death penalty. And um, from there, they move through a bunch of topics and they end up with cancel culture, which is something we go back and forth all the time about. And so I just really loved the evolution of this conversation. And I thought I could pose some of the questions that made me think to you and we could just see where it goes. Yeah. I am ready to just <clears throat> float down this lazy river and just see where it takes us. I'm hopping in right now. Okay. And cool. it's interesting because 
I say lazy river, but this is going to be the most complex river <laughs> that I'll be floating down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like you think of the word forgiveness as an idea and it doesn't like, on, on, I feel like when I first hear that term, I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Forgiveness. But like, it's one of those things that is such a spider web that when you really sit down and think about it, it's like, well, first of all, what do you, what, what, when I say forgiveness or to forgive, what does that, what does that make you like, what, what does that mean to you? What, is, what would be the definition if you had to come with it up with it off the top of your head? That's such a, that's one of those words where, you know, how there are certain words where you describe the word by using the word itself. And that's really the yeah. only way you know how to describe the word because yeah, it's just sure. so ingrained. It's one of those words. Um, so forgiveness is, um, I mean, I would say it's an action of humbling yourself and also being selfless because you're casting aside your own gains or your own perspective or um, emotion in place of um, like being with and for the person that you are forgiving, right? So basically, if I were to kind of say that shortly, I would just say that you're allowing yourself to just lose, I don't know. Any, any gain you might have yeah. or like reparations or like them, whatever, getting what they deserve or all of that. Yeah, there's definitely the stripping away of a lot of things on your yeah. end and you're um, kind of giving the other person what they don't even necessarily deserve, but mm -hmm. you're giving them something in return. Right, right, right. And that's, that kind of brings you to like, so, so who, who, is, who is forgiveness for? Is it for the person who was the offender or is it for the person who was harmed? Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think, and it also depends on the person, right? Because some people are peacemakers. Like mm -hmm. I'm not a huge confrontation person. So right. usually that's kind of my social tick, if you will. You know, like apologizing or oh it's okay it's right okay. like you just ran over my foot with your car and it's totally <laughs> i don't want fine. you to be feel bad about it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, no, I, have, I have another foot like silly funny <laughs> so i don't know i think that it's it's supposed to be for at first glance for the other person but mm -hmm. i honestly think the real gain is for the person forgiving yeah yeah because it's not easy to do no and i mean why let's think like why i mean forgiveness obviously in the subject that elizabeth brunig was writing about capital punishment is like the most extreme extreme version of forgiveness for someone like you said who probably doesn't deserve it mm-hmm and you also have to you also have to add in 
the current climate of now, right? Because oh God, yeah. with social media and with just the cesspool that is politics and everything being political, right now, the invoke thing is being right and doubling down and not extending all the branches, but digging mm-hmm. your feet deeper into the sand yes. on your yes. side and clearly yes. stating your allegiance to a certain person, a certain party, a certain movement, whatever it may be. So forgiveness is not the cool thing to do necessarily right now. No, it's almost like when we, when I first brought this to you and like, we kind of talked about it the other night, like we were talking about um, the case of Dylan Roof, which is something that Sean and Elizabeth uh, discuss where uh, this guy goes into this Bible study at this church and sits through the whole Bible study and then kills people. A place where they're welcoming, where they didn't do anything wrong and com- completely betrays them. And yet the families of the victims decide to forgive him. Publicly in the trial. Publicly. Uh, yeah. And it's almost like like something they talked about was like, it's, it's like a, an act of like, oh my God, like that is just the most heroic, selfless, like... I guess, Christ-like thing someone can do. But at the same time, it like makes you feel kind of like, no, like how could, like, that's disgusting. How could you give him that mm-hmm. after what he did? And that's like what begs the question is, that's not what forgiveness is. It doesn't matter if they deserve it or not. It's just a choice someone makes to say, you know what, you did this thing you did it. Like you're not, you're not absolving them of guilt of the action of the the thing that they did. You're not saying it's okay. You're just saying, I am at peace with where I'm at and I don't feel the need to have your atonement or your reparations or anything. I forgive you. Mm -hmm. And I don't think a lot of us could do, I don't think the majority of us as a people, as a human race, have the ability to do that Mm -hmm. with small things. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Well, because, you know, we all have a tendency to be like, you hurt me. Yeah. Fix that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can't. I mean, a lot of times you can't. You can't. I mean, you know, and especially with stuff like online today I think people people expect and we'll get into this more later but people expect this perfect it like saying all the right things apology to make some sort of you know to make to make up for something or to to be held accountable in like the perfect way to where this person has realized all of the things that they've done wrong and admitted to them or made up for them in some specific way and it's like (laughs) it's almost it's almost not possible to fully make up for any wrongdoing and so who decides 
who decides forgiveness, who, who is allowed to give forgiveness. And, and if we're not forgiving, what are we doing? We're perpetually punishing perpetually yeah. on online. I mean, what is, what is anything that's online? It's all perpetual. It's all forever. Even if it was posted five years ago, 10 years ago, it's, it's perpetual. It never goes away. Yeah. That's why I think the uh, act of forgiveness is more important. You could argue for the person forgiving because I think a lot of times forgiveness manifest through words i forgive you or that's okay but it's not truly going to take root in that person's soul psyche whatever you view that vessel as but it actually has to be an action right because right people who just say it as a social filler right. or yeah. something to kind a of nicety. Yeah. A way to kind of cut the tension, mm-hmm. but then you, you leave that argument and you're still fuming over it. Well, are you right. resentment? Forgiving? Yeah. Right. You have all this resentment built up. So I think there are two totally different things that the words and the actual process of forgiveness. And I think that we, as people, we are emotional, right? That is part of our makeup is, and some people have it more than others. They wear their emotions more than others or whatever it may be. Then you throw in the current climate of everything where everything is instantaneous. Quick, 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 quick. Here's a, here's a dumpster fire. Okay. That's not even put out yet. Let's go to the next dumpster fire, like whatever it is. Everything is so quick. And then, like you said, there's really no follow up with anything. It's just all this stone throwing. And there isn't time or space to process and truly navigate the, the forgiveness. So I think that's where a lot of it is missing currently. So, would you say the existence of the internet and social media? has made us less forgiving as a people or do you think we're just already that way we're hardwired to be that way and it just kind of elevates it all yeah I think humans are kind of hard hardwired to be selfish so I think that's where a lot of this kind of stems from is that you're looking out for yourself naturally it's kind of a survival Mm -hmm. instinct from the caves to now and that's always going to be kind of the basic instinct but then you would hope the human aspect is then you can see past that and then whatever comes from that is whatever right like then you learn to forgive or you learn to check your biases or whatever it is but then I do think that, yes, yeah, social media has made us less forgiving. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's created factions and it's created uh, platforms for Power. everything, good and bad. Yeah. 
And that's what everything is, I think. Everything has the capability to be good and bad simultaneously. But yeah, I think that um, certain movements are just general malaise or self-deprecation or however you want to see it that has um i think that has kind of creeped up and just kind of societal discourse so that way everyone's kind of numb and desensitized <laughs> to a lot of stuff yeah yeah exactly and i mean you know numb to not only numb to all that but numb to the effects of our actions online mm -hmm. because it's easy to throw a stone online. Mm -hmm. It's easy to call someone out for something or, or pull something up from five years ago and rake them through the coals and completely ruin them for the rest of their life or all future jobs. You know, the effects, they don't, they don't see the aftermath mm -hmm. of that one typed comment or that tweet or all of those retweets. And it's dangerous. So now you're kind of alluding to like cancel culture, right? Right, right. Yeah. Um, and this is, this is tough because I mean, politically, cancel culture has all kinds of connotations. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I see it kind of hijacked in some areas as being overly woke or, you know, overcorrecting things that don't really matter. And, and, you know, those are exaggerations to me. I guess when, when I say cancel culture, if you, again, if you could give a definition, what would you say, Miriam Webster? I was just about to say that, man, <laughs> I feel like a, like a dictionary right now. <laughs> if I were to use, or if I were to provide a definition, like you said, God, that word is just soaked in political weight and there are a lot of, there's a lot of labeling that has, it's kind of a buzzword now. Yeah. But I would say just, uh, I would say cancel culture is applying current societal values on past actions or statements or whatever it may be. Because I think a lot of it, um, and not always, because some stuff is just wrong is wrong at any point. Yeah. Other stuff, society evolves. We become better as people. Yep. We look back at a movie from the 70s and we're like, eee. Yikes. Little, little <laughs> taco taco. So, but in general, I would say that's where the heart of it lies is as time evolves, and we evolve as a society, we're applying present values on past actions, art, whatever it may be. Right, right. Yeah. Um, 
and and the act of being canceled <laughs> no matter what the motivation or the or the reason a person is being canceled it, i mean it literally can mean that it it like they don't have any chance to go anywhere else the goal it seems is to completely hinder that person from being able to do anything else and I want to try to understand why it's gotten here why people think the only solution is to just like a a phrase that Elizabeth used in the podcast was eliminate all the brutes and I was like I get the motivation behind thinking, you know, especially for people who have dealt with oppression, because obviously, you know, canceling has to do with something that's problematic, something that's one of the ists, you know, racist, sexist, all of these things. Um, And maybe, you know, oppression has been systematic and ongoing for so so long that people start to feel like there is no other way the only way something is going to change is if we make it absolutely unacceptable Mm -hmm. and I agree with that to some extent Mm -hmm. I mean I think I think that that is a pro outcome of cancel culture as a whole Mm -hmm. how it's implemented (laughs) not so much. Um, I think it's important to, to make it like discourse, just normal discourse that you can't say these things anymore. Like these things aren't, they're hurtful. They're harmful. Like we just shouldn't use this vernacular anymore. We shouldn't, you know, um, but then at the same time, like you said, most of these things that cause people to get canceled are things from years ago mm-hmm. and five years is I mean especially to, like we have we have our 10-year high school reunion coming up um that's just insane to me like 10 years always sounded like such a long stretch of time yeah um but it's, it's really not that long ago so it feels like we, I mean, I, I've mentioned, I mean, I'm going all over the place here, but I've mentioned to you, I've seen old statuses because I don't even, I don't even know if they call them statuses anymore on Facebook. I don't think people even do that anymore. Um, anyways, I saw like memories, right. Of like years ago of <laughs> five, six, seven years ago, things that I commented on pictures that I was like, what the actual fuck Lauren? Like what? Mm-hmm. like words that I used or like jokes that I made. And I'm just like, it really was a different time. Not that long ago. Yeah. And I don't think, I think a lot of the perpetrators of cancel culture tend to be people who weren't people who are younger, maybe who don't get the full nuance of people can be good people and make mistakes five years ago and not be that that person anymore Yeah, and have learned and changed. 
Yeah. But since it's on the internet, it's forever. Yeah. And so where do we go? Yeah, I think you have to ask. And we, when we were talking offline the other day, you were saying, what's the end goal? Yeah. And I think that's so important to ask and to think about. <clears throat> there is legitimacy and validity in calling out calling out shit bullshit yeah shitty stuff yeah. right yeah there is power in that and there is importance in that but what is the ultimate goal is it right. to stamp out and get rid of the negativity the oppression um the pushing down of people or and is it a learning lesson for whoever is the person that did that right and i think there needs to be an and and i think this goes to what we were saying about how everything is a shouting match mm -hmm. everything is absolute and there's no ands anymore it's or so either you're this or you're that or right. you're pro this and if you're pro this you have to check every single box and you're not allowed yeah. to have any disagreements with that deviate yeah when we're human and there's a lot of gray area and everything mm -hmm. and i think a lot of emphasis is put on the ending of someone's career or the immediate outrage at a person and there's no room not even a person though i don't think i don't think people like see that person as a person i feel like it's just a screen name yeah i could see that but then like whoever let's, let's say it's a celebrity right yeah yeah so that that person like you said a name that you recognize or whatever and then that person is called out for their bs and typically rightfully so right yeah right in, in current times and once that's happened i think where it gets to a point where i then start to pull away from the cause is there's no room at that point to say, okay, pause, let's hit the pause button. Person who has been called out for this, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah. What, what has happened from when you said this, did this, posted this to where you currently are? Are you willing to change your viewpoints on something? Do you see where this could be really could have gotten you problematic here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you see how this is problematic? Um, or do you not see this as problematic? Because in, in that case, maybe there is no um <laughs> path forward. Yeah. And maybe there are, <laughs> and there are plenty of people who don't see issues with past stuff. Mm -mm. Um, but for the people that really do, 
see issues with whatever it is, why can't we give them this, the ability to learn and grow and better themselves? Because like you said, they probably are not the person that said whatever now. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're applying now to then, but we're not allowing now, this now person to be now person. Nope. Um, which I think is sad, honestly, because it's not about learning and growing and forgiving. It's just about stomping down, chewing it up, spinning them out and moving on to the next thing. Um, and I think a lot of times too, a lot of times people will post, you know, apologies or whatever it may be. Maybe they're doing it because they truly mean it. Maybe they're doing it because that's what you're supposed to do. It's but damage then, control. Yeah. Yeah. But then there's the emphasis and the outrage on the apology and it's not enough. Right. And, it's not enough. Yep. But then we always talk about actions are bigger than words, but we're not giving them any time to act on their, on their lessons learned or whatever it may be. So yeah. I don't know. I think that Everything is just so instantaneous now that that also leads to the issues with it is that we just have to go, 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 go next new cycle next story, next person to go after whatever it may be. And again, a lot of times the stuff that is getting called out, I agree with the calling out right. of whatever it is, it's just up, but it's just up to a certain point. And then what, like you said? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and that brings up like what you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, we, if, if we had a pause button where we were like, had a chance to kind of sit down and talk with this person and be like, did you learn anything? How do you feel or whatever? Um, then what if it comes to a point where the person continues that behavior mm-hmm. that's problematic, right. uh, because a lot of people's issue with cancel culture tends to be that it's kind of like censorship Mm. a lot Mm -hmm. where, you know, okay, so you have someone who has differing opinions, differing views, differing morals than you. So they aren't allowed to exist whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And that can be dangerous because then what if it happens on the inverse? What if everything you're saying you're being shut out for and not allowed to speak because of some overarching decision of what is right and what is wrong, even, Mm -hmm. you know, and it makes me think of social media because (laughs) you and I will go back and forth with messages of like, I just want to write this message. I just want to write this comment. I just like, I feel like if I say it in this way, like we can have a discussion and blah, blah, blah. And it comes to the point where we decide is, is that possible? Is it worth it? And I think that's what makes me tend to think like, oh, okay. So I just need to not follow this person. I just need to censor this person from my life. I need to get rid of this person's Facebook as friends or whatever, because I just can't stand to see it. (laughs) And is that good for me? If I am just letting myself see one side of everything and never, 
never considering another side and sheltering myself from, you know, differing opinions and stuff like that. I mean, do you do that? I think we've talked about this before where I think social media is basically like everyone that you've ever met all yelling at the same time. Yeah. Imagine walking into a bar and however many Facebook friends you have, that many people are all talking just to the world at the same time. (laughs) And think about how overwhelming that is. That's exactly what's happening to you just in reading form. You're not audibly hearing it, but you're taking it in and your emotions and your thought processes and whatever it is, if it's something, if it's something that pisses you off or whatever, it's, there's just too many things happening at once. And I think that is the issue with social media is you're just bombarded with happy, sad, annoying, frustrating, overwhelming all at once. And you just keep scrolling through it and, and taking too much information. But I think there has to be a healthy balance of what you are intaking. And I've definitely evolved with this because before I felt like I had to take on every single thing that was. Yep. Uh, I have to save this person. Yes. <laughs> yes. I felt that way fully. And I'm getting to a point now where I'm picking my battles. Yeah. And I'm realizing I can only do so much and that's okay. Right. And I just have to do what I can within my control. And you're not going to be able to see me. You're forgiving yourself. That's right. For not being able to save people, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I guess that brings me to, I guess, unless you have more to wrap it up. How do you practice forgiveness in your life? Are there any situations where you can remember that you're still kind of holding on? You know, is it, is it like we just said, is it, do we practice forgiveness with ourselves? Find out next week. <laughs>